0: But uh, I'm glad you're here this morning. I'm glad we have the opportunity to uh, go through the scriptures together and, and talk about some things. If you've been here over the last two, three weeks, we've started this, this series called What Lies Beneath. We're talking about this journey from where we are today over to this place known as holiness, over to this side of things where, where we walk with the Lord through a process of sanctification. So if you've been here over the last couple, three weeks, you've heard me speaking about sanctification, and we'll talk a little bit more about that today. But sanctification is a type of grace. It is sanctifying grace. All right, that's really what sanctification is. And I'll explain that and unpack it a little bit more as we, as we go this morning. Matt Chandler said this uh, in the explicit gospel. He said, without a heart transformed by the grace of Christ, we just continue to manage external and internal darkness. Now, once you think about what, that's a great statement. Without a heart transformed by the grace of Christ, we just continue to manage external and internal darkness. So we've got to have Christ. Everybody agree? I mean, that's why you're here, right? Christ has to intersect us in some way. So we've got to talk about grace in order to see where God really intersects us. What is grace? Some would say grace is the unmerited favor of God. There's some truth in that. Here at Harvest, we say grace is God's ability. We may not fully understand grace, but it is God's ability to provide unmerited favor. God created us out of his favor towards us you get that that god loves you man you've got to get this uh we tend to to put god over here in this category where i don't think god can really love a sinner like me now i want you to quit identifying as a sinner one of course but this is this i'm just making an example that that we put ourselves over here and think well god's seen what i've done he knows what i've done he hears what i've said he he goes where i go He's seen all of this, and so surely um, he he knows that I'm not worthy to be in his presence. Now, here's the thing. God's grace is what brought you into this world. His favor for you is what brought you into this world. See, some of us feel that, and this is probably where I go with this. When I wrote this, I I was really trying to explain what grace was in my own mind, It's really to salvage what looks to be unsalvageable, to gather what seems to be in too many pieces, to reconcile both parties whose distance apart seems immeasurable. That's our God, and that's really what grace is. So, sanctification would be a type of grace. It's a grace of God that He works in us, He walks with us, and as He does that, He is pouring Himself into us. It's like a good father who sits down with His With his son or his daughter, and he says, "Hey, let me bait your hook. Let me bait your hook. Let me bait your hook. Let me cast your fishing pole. Let me cast your fishing pole." Until eventually, what happens? They catch fish. (laughs) Hopefully, they catch fish. But hopefully, one day they learn to what? Bait their own hook. But they do that by spending time with their father. They learn how to catch fish by spending time with their Father, and It's the same thing for us. We learn how to catch fish, if you will. We learn how to influence the world for Jesus Christ as we spend time with our Father. Sanctifying grace is that, that process of moving from here to here. Now, speaking of moving, I'm going to have to move pretty quick because I've got, whoops. So we started off this series with this scripture, 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. I explained that that word love there is agape. And agape is the God-given love. So what he's saying is don't exchange your love of God for the things of the world. Don't, don't let that happen. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life, is not from the Father, but it is from the world. And the world is passing away, and also its lust. But he who does the will of God abides forever." So the world is passing away, its lust is passing away. The things that you purchase, the things that you buy, the Fords that you drive, the Chevys that you drive, some die before the others. But they're all passing away. So spend your time with the one who's eternal. It just makes sense. Worldliness is not so much a matter of activity as attitude. Worldliness not only affects your response to the love of God, it also affects your response to the will of God. And so because of that, the world is passing away let's do the will of god forever so as we participate with god then we start sowing eternal seeds then that's the way it goes and so this kind of goes back to the parable of the sower you remember that the more so that is seed the more so that or the more seed that is sowed the more seed is given you can never run out because god is infinite he never runs out so we talked about the lust of the flesh which is self-gratification. We talked about the lust of the eyes, which is greed. We talked about the boastful pride of life, which is comparison. And the reason why I brought those up, and I feel like the reason why we we needed to start there, is just so that we can see sin has these categories, and and as we walk through life, if we're not careful, those categories are kind of like that revolving door. And there's a new category that swings around in front of us that gives us temptation or offers us temptation. And so we talked about how Jesus walked through each one of those categories in his own life. And for us, as we walk through those and as we gain strength, as we walk with the Lord and he strengthens us, then eventually we're able to walk away from temptation. As a matter of fact, eventually you'll come to a place in your life where you attempt to avoid it. It's just the truth. I better not go down that street. I better not make that phone call. I better not open that page. You see what I'm saying? Eventually, God strengthens us where we recognize those categories of sin, if you will, the boastful pride of life, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh. And so that is uh, participating with God in sanctifying grace. Sanctification. Now, if we have uh, sanctifying grace, I, I put in here that It comes from the Latin word sanctus, which means holy, and and F-I-C-A-R-E, which means to make. So the process of making one holy. So here is sanctification. I've been doing this illustration. There is the muck, the mud, the stuff in you, right, that the world has given, has offered, the temptations, the columns, and then as we walk with the Lord, He does this, right, he pours himself into us and you're going to hear about water here in the next couple of weeks and the importance of water how God is has really assigned himself um, to illustrate to us the cleanliness and the holiness of pure water he pours himself upon us I mean I can give you a great example so uh, what's the next step after salvation generally baptism deals with water right uh psalm 1 deals with water we'll we'll go down that later but it's it's a purification process this is what's happened over the years as we've as pastors preachers churches oftentimes we go after the sin And after those sin categories, instead of going after God and teaching people to go after God, as you go after God, here's what happens. You get strong by walking with your father. You know his strengths. You know your weaknesses. And where you're weak, he is strong. It's really a a different type of perspective on how God works with us and works in us, men, to overcome the temptations in life. So I want to continue in that today. And today, moving on from sanctification... And moving towards sanctification, when I say moving on, you're going to see why I say moving on, and I'm going to say moving to here in just a moment. But I want to show you an illustration here. Sanctification is sanctifying grace. But there are a couple of graces that come before sanctifying grace. The first one is this one. And please, provident. Excuse my writing, I kind of write like like a three-year-old, but you can read that, surely. Prevenient Grace, That's the first one. So I'm going to explain prevenient Grace. If you've been on a walk to Emmaus, you've probably heard this term before. Uh, this is a, a popular ter- term. However, um, it's not explained a lot. It's sometimes we don't recognize it. Let me tell you what prevenient Grace is. It is the grace that pursues you all the days of your life. It is the love of God that pursues you all the days of your life. It is the pursuit of God for you. Isaiah forty four twenty four 24 says this, Thus says the Lord your Redeemer, who formed you in the womb. So Isaiah's saying, hey, God formed you. He had a plan and a purpose for your life. Before, before you were 40 years old, before you were 30 years old, before you were three months old, Before the foundation of the world, God had a plan and a purpose, men, for you. Isaiah 49, 15, Can a woman forget her nursing child that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these they may forget, yet I will not forget you. This is what the Lord says, I will not forget you. Psalm 71, David jumps in here. 71, 6, he says, Upon you I have leaned from before my birth. This is interesting. Because David's saying, hey, check this out. I leaned on you before I was ever born. I, I, I know that you were there, that you were present before I was ever born. Jeremiah said it this way. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Galatians 1.15 but when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace, he set me apart and he called me by his grace. Here's what it is. It's prevenient grace. And I'm going to show you kind of how this all works here in just a moment. But prevenient grace, what's the word prevene mean? If you know, what's the word pre mean? Before. And so this is, this is a before grace, if you will. It is the grace that, that pursues you. Now, now, here's another scripture. I didn't put this in here, but we could go to it very quickly. I thought of it this morning as I went over my notes. Preventing grace, if you look at Romans chapter 1, Romans chapter 1 says um, that all are without excuse. This is what it tells me. That you can come up with every reason why you shouldn't have been born. You could come up with every reason why you feel like uh, God should have never created me. I have this con- these conversations sometimes throughout the week with men, with, with people, with women, that who feel like, well, God just messed up when he made me, if that's the truth. Well, no. God had a plan and a purpose for your life, and, and here's the truth. He's always in pursuit of you. His ability is always pursuing you. Whether you want it or not, this is why Romans chapter 1 says all are without excuse. I loved all for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So prevenient grace is the grace that, that goes before and pursues it. I like to explain it this way. When I teach this on the walk to Emmaus, I, I, teach, I teach it if I have the prevenient grace talk. This is, this is basically what I say. I say, you know, uh, years ago I liked to rope calves. Now, I don't claim to be a cowboy. I don't even claim to be a roper. And if you ever saw me rope, you would probably agree, right? But here's the way it would work: is uh, I would take my horse, I'd back it into the box, and as I back that horse in the box, and you've probably seen this uh, somewhere. You're in West Texas, riding a horse is jittery, and he's just anticipating the birth of that calf. When that calf comes out of that chute, that horse is just going to line right up behind that calf. He's going to run after that calf as hard as he can go. Now, some of the calves. Uh, are different this is what made it really challenging for me if they all ran the same speed to the other end of the pen i'd have been great you know uh, a calf horse you you lope to the right so that they get used most horses are left-legged did you know that (laughs) it's just kind of like us most men are right-handed are you left-handed in here y'all messed up ron really just kidding uh so, so here's the deal. So, so you always lope your horse in, in, in a right lead. You're, you're keeping your horse in a right lead. So just in case that one particular calf breaks right, it's natural for your horse to break right with it. Now, horse, Now calves come out at different paces. Some will come out running as hard as they can to the other arena. That's how some of you came out. When you were born, you said, I'm going to run in this life. I'm going to go as hard as I can. I'm, I'm a fast-paced person. I'm going to make it to the other end. Well, it doesn't change what the horse does. And some of you came out and just moped around, you know. I don't know what I'm going to do today. What's the... and Those calves are the hardest ones, by the way, because your horse just tries to run right over them. You know, you're trying to hold him back like, what? So here's the deal. The horse, in, in, in many ways, in, in the way that I see it, the horse is like God. In the fact that he's anticipating, oh, I've got this one. He's, I've created him. He's, he's, he's beautiful. He's made in my image. He has all these things. I've got to go get him. Now, I love this about God because it's a mutual thing. He didn't make us robots. He simply said, I'm going to pursue. And that pursuit of us is prevenient grace. And some of you run hard from God. Some of you uh, mope down the arena. And then some of you are just at a good pace right and and the horse lines right up behind you god sometime at some point in your life he lined right up behind you like this and when he was in the perfect position and you were in the perfect position the holy spirit just went out and wrapped you right around the neck and what happens well they don't really prefer you do this anymore but i was taught that you pitch the slack over the back of the calf and then that, that way the, the anyway it subdued the calf a little bit more when he, when he came over and uh, they, the animal rights have kind of, they prefer you pitch your slack to the, to the right of the calf but anyway, you know, and just kind of turn him around some of us though right, we needed to be cranked over backwards and let our head hit the grounds pretty hard and this allowed God to come up and in some ways tie us or uh, uh, really begin to show us who he was that he is our master but he's also our father when you think of the calf and the calf gets up and he's still on the end of the rope what's he doing he's not facing this way anymore he's facing this way he's facing he's facing you and this is how we are sometimes uh, for some of us uh, we have to have the slack if you will pitched over our back but for some of us we just turn around and say oh yeah this is what I was created for here you are Lord I love you God but it's up to us To make that decision some calves will kick and strain and fight as as they're tied with the Holy Spirit if you will they'll kick and fight and kick out and want to get back up by the time they come off the rope they run down to the other end of the arena and 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 they fight and they battle and they fight and they battle but it doesn't matter when they come back (laughs) through the chute or or wherever they are the horse's job will never change it will always be in pursuit of those calves that's what a calf horse does and that's what the lord does in us through this prevenient grace you can run you can hide you can fight his holy spirit you can fight what he's trying to do for you but through this prevenient grace he will always pursue you till the very end he is in pursuit of you which leads us to another type of grace come on Curtis I can write better than that I promise maybe not that leads us here leads us to this justifying grace now justifying grace simply means that justifying grace is the grace that leads us to a place Of yielding to God it leads us to a place of confession it leads us to a place of profession so Romans 10 9 and 10 that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you shall be saved for with the heart a person believes resulting in righteousness and with the mouth he confesses resulting in salvation justifying grace is that place where god himself meets us and where we yield to him and we surrender our lives to jesus christ that's justify find grace it makes sense right you're justified you see when we confess with our mouth when we believe in our heart we're justified some people would call this um you hear this in the baptist churches a lot Saved by what? By grace. Now I'll show you how all this is going to come together here in just a minute. Saved by grace. Salvation. Salvinic. And so from preventing to justifying, the third type is what we've been talking about here. The third type of grace is what? Come on. Sanctifying grace and sanctifying grace men this is where i think we get frustrated if you were to put this on a linear scale like this and we start here with prevenient grace and we come to a place where we are justified and then we move on down here uh well after justification all of this area right here is going to be sanctifying grace now here's the problem most of us know what it felt like to be pursued by god most of you men in here know that somewhere i mean even if if you're a young man or if you're an old man you know that that god has been in pursuit of you you he's he's revealed himself either through someone else's testimony he's revealed himself possibly through maybe you're a naturalist where you're outside and you go man that plant is the prettiest plant i've ever seen right and and photosynthesis is happening within that plant how did god there's got to be a god there's got to be something in order that put this into order a big bang can't put that into order but you know somewhere in you that god is real and that god has pursued you in a relationship with you and then we get over here to this place where we really do see that it's jesus that jesus is is for sure he's he is the son of the most high God he is the the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world oh I get it I get it and so we come in and we're justified we're saved by grace and and we can we can get this justifying grace but here's the problem many of us stop right there oh I'm saved I've said this many times you know I don't know my theology is just a little bit different than this but I've, I've heard it said, you know, uh, you're saved, but you're spreading a lot of hell around, right? It hasn't made a difference. What's on the inside has never made it to the outside. Well, what's happened is if we're not careful in our churches and everything else, we stop right here. We, we look to get them saved. And in Scripture, it does not say go and get them all saved. Jesus says what? Go and make disciples. Uh, there is a process that needs to take place after this. And that is sanctification, men. That's exactly what we have going on over here. See, <clears throat> we're justified. We're, our sins are washed away. Um, we're, we're, uh, the, the scripture calls it the new birth. We're born again. It's like Nicodemus, right? And Nicodemus asking Jesus, hey, uh, what must a man do really to... to To enter into the kingdom and you remember Jesus says unless a man be born again and Nicodemus says hey how can a man enter a woman's womb again and then Jesus goes on to explain yes no doubt we accept this by faith but as we accept that then something starts stirring the Holy Spirit begins to stir in us and what he's looking for us to do is walk with him through this process of sanctification because at the end of this is holiness. Now here's the debate. It's been a debate for years. You ready? Can a person in this life attain pure holiness? Let's take a vote. How many think you can? Okay, Andrew, man, his hand went up first. Okay, how many of you think you can't? The rest of you, right? How many don't know? <laughs> okay, so that's sanctifying grace. You see that. do you're not going to stay and give us the answer? <laughs> Anybody else want to leave? Well, now's your chance, all right. <laughs> so as we get to sanctification, now let me show you a couple things here, and we'll maybe this will help us out. All right, so we've got prevenient Grace, and we go around over here to, whoop, that's a little far. It's going to be a third to Justifying Grace, and then we're going to move from Justifying Grace right over here to sanctifying grace and then we'll move back over here to preventing grace now I'm just showing you this wheel for just a moment just to, to help us the question of holiness can we obtain pure holiness in this life guys I mean the scholars I mean the saints Saint Augustine uh, uh, Saint Francis of Assisi was one who, who was really looking to obtain this journey through sanctification to a place of pure holiness i don't know if y'all ever heard of the stigmata any of you ever heard of the stigmata and that type of thing you know uh, supposedly he received the marks of jesus because he uh, was walking in such sanctifying grace in a place of sanctification that he had no more worldliness in him and he had obtained the stigmata or the marks of jesus the hands and the feet so with that Um, y'all go wrestle with it but I'm going to show you something here that's pretty cool so prevenient grace God's ability his wantingness to pursue you in a relationship with you all the days of your life now watch this then you get over here to this justification thing justifying grace now here's the cool thing about justifying grace when you meet somebody who is just Entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ. What are they like? On fire. (laughs) Sometimes, Chris, they're they're a little beyond on fire, right? Sometimes they're like, "Dude, man, just calm down, all right?" Uh, I I I get it. You you found or Jesus, you finally surrendered to the Holy Spirit, prompting you to meet Jesus, right? To surrender your life to Jesus. I get it. I get it. I, I love to see these men and women who come into a relationship with jesus some of you were raised in christian homes and you don't remember jim jim burnett the other night said something that i thought was just incredible he said i was raised in the church we had a holy spirit class here sunday night and he said he gave a testimony he said i was raised in church i've never not known jesus now i spread a lot of hell around (laughs) but i always knew that jesus was out there that he was you know pursuing me but uh uh you know i i I never was at a place where I doubted that Jesus was the Son of God. I just, I was raised in that. But, and that's, that's wonderful. Sometimes people like that, their passion happens through the sanctification of walking with the Lord and they become more and more passionate. By the way, you cannot walk with the Lord and not become more passionate. That just doesn't happen. Because our God is a God of life and He's a life giver. And so as we walk with the Lord... Your passion will grow. It doesn't mean you, don't, you won't still have hills and valleys. Not at all. Life still throws some terrible things at us. But, but you will grow in your likeness of Christ. This is why Jesus said, be perfect as I am perfect. The Lord says, be holy as I am holy. All of those statements and things, he's saying, hey, uh, he's never going to, he doesn't want you to doubt that you cannot become holy in this life you hear me he, he doesn't want you to think you can't can you fully become holy in this life like i said that's been debated however it would be the lord's will <laughs> let me tell you what the lord's will is he said it be holy as i am holy right and so as we go through this process this is what i want you to see that this justifying grace leads someone over into this sanctifying grace now watch how this works through someone else's sanctification, most of us, most of us discover Jesus through someone's sanctification and led us over to recognizing prevenient grace. Now, if that's not clear, I can share it with you this way. The scripture says it, that they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of what? The word of their testimony. You ever had some testimonies that shook you up? Sometimes I just go and listen to testimonies. I don't even want to hear a preacher. I want to hear somebody's real. Nobody even laughed about that. <laughs> but sometimes I just want to hear somebody tell me about Jesus in their life. I don't need a preacher. I don't, you know, scholars and all that. Somebody just tell me what Jesus is doing in your life. That is sanctifying grace. Out of the heart, the mouth does what? It speaks. As Jesus grows in our heart, you begin to hear people speak about that. And that's really a process of their sanctification that oftentimes leads people to recognize this grace at work in their life. And it leads that person over here to a place of justification. And it makes this wheel, and this wheel just keeps turning and keeps rolling and keeps throwing ministry out. That's how, that's how Jesus intended That's how the Lord intended it to work in our lives, man. So in this whole process, watch this. In this whole process, this takes cities, countries, nations, if you will. I know it's all starting to conglomerate here and eventually the world. Jesus says, go into all the world. As this wheel spins, this is what he does. This is his process of his ministry happening. And, and the cool thing about this is it's not as the Jews supposed, and it's probably not as you suppose. Sometimes it's not even as I suppose. How does, how does God do this? Mother Teresa's people who understand the greatest among you will be what the servant of all the the people who it, it, when cities and countries and nations and the world is i said the word <laughs> the world when we're called into all the nations in all the worlds or into all the world to preach the gospel this this is what he's saying he's saying hey this is a process of moving everyone from where they are over to a place of holiness so that the world will become for God so loved the world you'll never have a limited view when you're working in sanctification if you have a limited view of life you need to challenge yourself right here what what does my sanctification how can I walk with the Lord Lord where are you in my life in this instant, in this time don't be afraid to ask, that's what sanctification is don't be afraid to tell others because it, it, our confession with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, right, is part of our salvation experience. And that can be how someone else overcomes. You see how that works? In their prevenient grace. Oh, wow, well, that just made sense. I listened to a testimony yesterday that just, man, really shook me up. And, and you know what happened? It was simply from a guy who shared his testimony with another guy and this guy was was frustrated and didn't want to hear didn't want to hear but what happens he heard it challenges him and then he starts saying you know what god i'm starting to see god in some places i think this god thing's real i think he's got something going on here and so he's filled and and so it's out of our mouths and as we as we speak things that are pure, that are holy, that are righteous, and those types of things. And as we walk with Jesus in that, he eventually takes our tongue, and the tongue that's meant meant for evil, and he causes it for good, and he causes it to expand his kingdom. Dwight L. Moody said it this way. He said, it is our privilege to know that we are saved. It is our privilege to know that we are saved. But salvation, it doesn't end with salvation. We continue to move on in sanctification. Watchman Nee. Any of you know who Watchman Nee was? Okay, both of us. (laughs) Watchman Nee stated this. It is a fact that the Lord Jesus has already died for you. It's just a fact. It is also a fact that you have already died with the Lord Jesus. If you do not believe in your death with Christ, you will not be able to receive the effectiveness of death with him, which is freedom from sin, walking, in sanctification. Isn't that cool? So men, I, I'm sorry, I just realized because I'm going through my notes. And guess what I just came up with? The questions. So here they are, I'm going to turn it over to you guys. If you need to leave, of course, by all means, go to work. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. If you can stay, uh, there's just three, que- three questions on that. And you guys are welcome to stay, discuss or to uh and to pray let me pray for us father god i thank you lord for your grace thank you for preventing for justifying for sanctification father continue to lead us by the power of your holy spirit and father may we truly walk in this life with you forevermore spending time in the eternal things not the things that are passing away in jesus name amen